The sermon today is titled, There's a Why, Why? There's a Why, Why? A boy sat down with his dad and he began to ask questions. If you've ever lived through that, you realize they have some pretty good questions. He said, why is the sky blue, dad? And dad said, I don't know, son. Well, then he said, why is there a tide in the sea? Dad said, I don't know, son. He said, dad, why do leopards have spots? Dad said, I don't know, son. He said, why does uh, Minnesota get so cold, dad? And dad said, I don't know, son. Well, finally, the son said to dad, he said, you know, dad, you get tired of me asking questions? And dad said, certainly not. Ask all the questions you want. It's the only way you're going to learn. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So when we say there's a why, why, how many of you have heard the word why a lot? We've heard it a lot, but we also live this why, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Now, um, I believe I did a sermon similar to this uh, a few years ago because I remember making this kind of poster before, and so I, I think it's kind of on the same track, but I come to realize that how many of you know that you can hear a song more than once? And I know that this isn't exactly, because it took me a long time to write the sermon, so I know this isn't the sermon I did before, but I realize that Christ is saying that we need a reminder, that we always need reminders to walk with him and for him. And so I'm going to start out by sharing a story. I've shared it out at Cowboy Church about a girlfriend I had in ninth grade. Her name was Lois. Now, I won't say her last name because she might be on, watching online and she'll have all these regrets that she let me go. All right? <laughs> <laughs> she she was my she was my girlfriend all right she was my girlfriend uh the problem was she didn't know that she had a boyfriend and so I was in love with her I thought in ninth grade you know what that's like and so she was in a lot of my classes and I tell you what it was just it was just a perfect now before I go on I just want to say Sandy you won okay you get all this all right <laughs> Why, she says. <laughs> you were bad somewhere along the line. But this was in the mid-70s, and I tell you what, Lois wore those halter tops that the shoulders were out, you know, and stuff, and she was tan as could be, and she had blonde hair, and she smoked, and back in those days, we were ignorant. Smoking was cool, we thought. We come to realize it's not, so kids do not smoke. You're not cool. But the point was that she smoked in those days, and so she had this gruffy smoker's voice that was so soothing. It was like, hi, Brian. You know, she would talk to you. And she had a smoker's cough that I just, like, oh, it was just, it was just like music when she coughed like that. And so she was in Mr. Long's class, and she was in Mr. Pearson's class with me. And so I remember one day that I was in Mr. Long's class, and she sat a couple chairs back, and I would keep looking back and smile and, you know, let her know how much I cared. And before long, Mr. Long saw that and got mad and yelled at me and kicked me out of the class. Well, later that day, after lunch, Lois had went out and probably had a couple cigarettes because her voice was better than ever. It was the perfect storm that day. We were in Mr. Pearson's class, and if you had Mr. Pearson, he was kind of a taskmaster. He didn't smile much. He didn't have much fun in his class. But today, we had these minnows in jars, and we were doing something with them. I can't remember what, but it was this perfect storm. Lois had the right top on. She was tan. She had, was coughing more than regular. It was, just, it, was just, it was a passionate kind of day. It was the perfect storm, and so I wanted to let her know that I cared. How do I catch her attention? How do I really catch her attention to know that, that I'm the guy? And so I had an idea. How many of you have ever had ideas? <laughs> right? 
And so it's like, how do I do this? And I see the minnow, and I see Lois, and I see the minnow, and I see Lois, and I decide that I'm going to drop this minnow down her shirt. When that happens, she's going to turn around and see me and go, it was you, wasn't it? And we were going to hug, and it was going to be wonderful. And so I took the minnow and I walked over and again, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit, I wasn't even saved then and the Holy Spirit was trying to talk to me saying, don't do it, don't do it. (laughs) See, with every choice and every decision we make, we seem to have that moment of clarity to say either this is a good idea or a bad idea, but I was so in love with this coughing Lois that I just had to do it. And so I remember dropping it down her shirt and she did not spin around and look at me like this. She began to scream. Mr. Pearson turned around and looked at me, and he hugged me and took me out in the hallway, and down to the office I went. It did not work with Lois. We didn't work out. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, come on, gals, that should work, shouldn't it? Right? Only if you're a fisherwoman. Isaiah 3021 30, says this. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. That day I heard nothing but my love for Lois. I heard nothing but Mr. Pearson screaming. I heard nothing but her screaming as I left the room. I did not pay attention to any voice whatsoever except the voice of my own personal heart. And I think that's what we gotta to talk today about is why. There's a why in our lives many, many times each and every day. There's two paths that we can take. So which path do we take? I took the wrong path with Lois, that's for sure. But Sandy did like the minnow down her shirt, so here we are. No, no, I, I learned. I learned something. I learned something. So there's a battle going on in our lives all the time about making the right choice. The Bible says, you know, to to pray and to, to pray life and not death, to speak life and not death. Well, I think it's the same with the choices we make in life. Choose to do the things of life and don't choose the things to do of death. Choose the things of light and not the things of darkness. Um, I looked up on Google, you guys get to decide again if this is accurate or not, but I found it in two different sources. It says that every day an adult makes 35,000 conscious choices or decisions in a day. That's a lot. But when you start to think about it, I mean, the moment the alarm rings, you have to decide are you going to get up or not. Then you have to decide if you're going to have coffee or not and what you're going to have in your coffee and decide if you're going to get dressed or are you going to wear your pajamas to church, whatever it might be. It's on and on and on. Which road will I take and will I speed or not? Will I go the speed limit or will I choose to go this direction or choose to go that choice? or All these different things. 35,000 times a day, it says. Guess how many kids make? 3,000. Who wants to be a kid? Remember when you said it was simpler as a kid? We only had to make 3,000 choices. The problem was, is a lot of them, I made like 2,500 wrong ones as a kid, it seemed like all the time. At least that's the feedback I got from mom. (laughs) And so we realize that our life is full of choices and decisions outside these walls in our worldly lives before we're saved and also when we're saved, we still got this decision over and over and over again to choose the right path, to take the right course and to not take the wrong course. And of course, we all know there's a battle that goes on in our hearts. The, the flesh is battling with the spirit and back and forth. And so we come to realize that if we're gonna face this moment, this why, 35,000 times a day, that many of those are gonna include how we walk with Christ. Have we plugged him in? Are we striving to be all that he wants us to be? So we 
bump into this why all the time. So before we go any further, I just, I wanna say, I got this here now. I have a bowl of rocks. Now Jesus told them those that are without sin throw the first stone, didn't he? So I'm gonna set this right here. And if you're living without any sin in your life, if you have success, just a minute, I gotta get behind Tim. Throw rocks at me, all right? <laughs> throw them hard. <laughs> I, I pick small rocks, what? they're small rocks. Now, if I reworded that and said, those with sin throw the first stone. Whoa, whoa, back off, back off, all right? I share that with you because I want you all to realize that this sermon's for every one of us because nobody got up. Nobody said, I'm living without sin. Nobody says that I've got it all figured out. So we realize that we, every one of us, faces this why all the time. Man, we say, why? Why can't I just live the life the way I want to? Why can't I just choose everything I want? Why can't I just have it my way? It's Burger King, right? It's not. Christ has set an example. Christ has set some specifics, some laws, some ideals that he says, if you will live by these, you will be on the right path. But we come to that why over and over again in our lives. Spiritually, worldly, however you want to look at it, all those things come into play. Those that are without sin, throw the first stone. You still can come up anytime you want. Just throw them at Tim because I'm busy. Tim's just sitting there. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. To set this up, Joshua brought everyone together and he begins to tell them about all the blessings that God has given them. He goes on and on about all that God has done for these people. And then he finally gets to 14 and 15. It says, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, what does he say? We will serve the Lord. Now I'm gonna go through that and just see how many choices and decisions you've gotta make. It says, therefore fear the Lord, that's a choice. Serve him, that's a choice. In sincerity and truth and put away the gods, that's a choice. He goes on to say to serve the Lord again, that's a choice. And if it seems evil to you, we have to decide that. Is it evil to me or not? To serve the Lord, we have to decide who we're gonna serve. What other God are we gonna serve? And then he gets in the end and he says, we will serve the Lord. That's a choice and decision that we have to make prayfully every day, right? Every day, because we keep facing the things of life. Now society is making this more and more often and more and more, if you take the wrong path, you really take on the wrong path. But we realize that Christ has uh, redemption for us, has forgiveness for us. If we will repent, here's the thing. Repent means to turn around. So if I go hit this Y and I take the wrong road, guess what? Because of Christ, I can repent. I can turn around, come back here and start again. And guess what? Christ doesn't say you only get two of those. Do it all day long. He will give you forgiveness. If you truly from your heart, repent. You want to change your ways. I want to get back on the right path. I want to get back on the right road. So just back your car on up, get back to this point, look at the why, ask the Holy Spirit, which way do you want me to go? And then let him guide you. Remember, he speaks to you from behind. Don't turn right, don't turn left, go straight. But that's the struggle we have. Will we listen to that small voice? Now, again, I said that there's 35,000 choices made by adults, 3,000 kids. It says in your lifetime, you'll make 773,618. How they come up with that, I don't know. You can decide if you believe it or not. There's another one. 
But that, I think, could change because if you decide to juggle nitroglycerin in jars, you're probably not gonna have 773,000. If you decide to join the Olympic javelin catching team, probably not gonna have 770 some thousand. But if we also choose to go into drugs or alcohol or risky things, it can sure diminish our life too. But the point is, is we've got lots and lots of choices and lots and lots of decisions to make all the time. Those are humorous ones, but we all know that there are some difficult ones. Ones that can cast us into the darkness, ones that can cause us to go down the wrong road. Now, oftentimes we're self-serving, so oftentimes we come to this. Now, I was gonna put a T here, but I thought, that's just too easy. We come to a T, you have to go to the right or the left, but this Y, it's almost like you have to sit there and ponder. It's more of a subtle thing. How many of you know that sometimes sin is more subtle than just this blank, gotta go right or gotta go left? We kind of find ourselves drifting into it. I've shared the story, I'm sure, before about how to cook a frog. We've talked about that. I know we talked about that. If you throw a frog into hot boiling water, it jumps right out. It's just too drastic of a change. But Satan says, here's how you cook a frog and here's how you cook somebody. As you turn the water on very low, put the person or the frog into the water and then turn up the heat and it slowly begins to cook. And they never realize that they're cooking. The frog never jumps out. So Satan oftentimes will bring subtlety into our lives. Oh, if he would just come with a big two by four and a sign saying, this is sin, this is sin, we would be able to say, you know what, that is sin and I'm gonna step away. But he takes the subtleness of a why and begins us to head down the wrong road. Now you think of David, right? David was up there just minding his own business, you know, probably, you know, just having a cigar. I don't know what he was doing on the roof, but he saw Bathsheba over there and he had that glimpse, saw her, turned away because he's a good man of God, he turned away. And then he had a choice and a decision to make. Maybe she needs a towel. <laughs> Maybe she needs a towel. Who is that woman? Then bring her to me. Now he's on the wrong course. And before long, because he's on that wrong course, his choices and decisions head him further and further down the wrong road. But we also know that he came back to Christ and he made a good choice to repent and say, you know, I want to change my life. I want to receive all that you have for me again, Christ. And we can do that. And that's what's so cool. But don't be like a bulldozer. Too many people want to live their lives, and when they come to the why, they say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I, I, I'm a believer, and, and I know I need to go to the right. He wants me to go to the right, but you know, the stuff on the left is something I've always enjoyed doing, and I really don't want to surrender it all, so I'm just going to put on my bulldozer outfit, and I'm going to shove straight through the middle. I'm just going to keep going straight, but I'm, I'm between the two. I'm between the two roads. I can see either side. That's not what he calls us to do. That's self-serving. Now we've made a choice and a decision to serve ourselves. We've made a choice and decision to say, I know what you want, Christ, but I know what I want, so let's, let's kind of make a deal. Remember, let's make a deal, that show? Enough of you are old enough to know that one. We want to make a deal. Now there's a difference between a cultural Christian and a biblical Christian, and you have to sometimes decide what that is. A cultural Christian says, I come to church and, and I believe in the Lord and whatnot, but I'm gonna find myself choosing to go down the wrong road because I choose to go down the wrong road. I make that decision during the week. But you know what, after a while I come back and now it's church time and I like to be in this right side of the road, but when church is over, by the time I get home, maybe I'm already backing back up and going down the road I want. I'm not living to the standards and the choices and decisions Christ wants for me. I'm making the decisions and choices that I want for me, although I attend church. And there's a difference there. 
A biblical Christian says, Lord, I want to come to the Y and the roads all the time, and I want you to be my director, my GPS, my whatever it might be they call them these days, but you talk to me, not whatever the gal's name is on the GPS. How many of you have, it talks to you, right? Let the Holy Spirit talk to you about your spiritual life, the spiritual travel plan that you have, the spiritual map that you have. Every one of us makes all these decisions all our life and that makes us who we are, a byproduct of every decision and choice we've ever made. It's in there somewhere, it's like ragu, it's in there somewhere. Because of the choices that we've made, we might live a certain place, we might live with somebody, we might uh, you know, wear a certain kind of clothes, we might have a certain kind of job, we might be doing fantastic in life, we might be doing horrible in life, but I wanna share with you, some of us are living lives based on other people's choices put on our lives. When we're raised, how we're raised. Was Christ heavy in the home? Was he an important part of who we were? Was there chaos in the home? Was there distraught in the home? Was there all the kind of chaos? Was I treated horribly by the choices of some people in my lives and now I'm, I'm left to fend for myself and figure out life because I never saw what a so-called good life is. I lived a difficult life, but now how can I come to live that right life? Well, you can with Jesus Christ. And we have to make the decision to say, you know what, I no longer want to live in that chaos. I no longer want to be chained to my past. I want to move forward with you, Christ. And so you ask him into your life in a stronger way and you say, you lead me and guide me. You heal me, Lord. And all of a sudden we're making choices and decisions to live life again. To live life again. We're byproducts of our life. The good decisions, the bad decisions, uh, all these different things. And because of those decisions, it's who we are. Now, some of us say, you know what? I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. But we know that Christ says that we all fall short, don't we, in his eyes. We all need him. Now, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're here and you understand all this, but there are a lot of people outside these walls that don't. And then he calls us to say, would you go out and make disciples? Would you go out and share the good news with them? Guess what? That's a choice and decision on our part to accept that call. Will we be obedient to God? It's a choice and a decision that we get to make. We come to the why in the road and he says, go out and help others come to know you. And we say, you know what? I either will, I wanna be part of that. Or we say, you know what? I'd rather just continue to head down my own road. Well, you're saying, you know what? I don't choose Satan and I don't choose God. I'm Sweden, I'm neutral. You know what? That choice right there says you're now serving Satan because you're not with God. So if you're believing that, if you're saying, I'm just going to kind of play low here, low key, I'm just going to kind of float in the middle here, I kind of, you know, just got it covered, guess what? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Remember, the Lord measures the narrow gate. We don't. Now, a lot of us make choices and decisions over and over again that aren't very helpful for us. The definition of insanity is making the same decision over and over again, expecting a different result. Over and over again, we keep doing the same things because we have developed ruts in the road. Every time we come to a why, we take the same old rut. We don't get out of the ruts of making the, the, the wrong choices. We don't get out of that rut. But you know what? Christ will come in and make a smooth road. The Bible talks about a highway. I, I get a kick out of that. Way back in the day, he writes about a highway. The right way, a smooth road. So we have to examine ourselves and say, what part of my life can I have control in to help make differences in my life so I can live a more joyful life? 
Can I stop doing this certain thing? Can I change the way I see this thing? Can I change my mindset about how I look at things? The, the Bible says to create in me a clean heart, O mind, and it talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've got to think differently. The old us doesn't work anymore. The old man's got ruts. The old man didn't care about what Christ wanted, didn't care to live that good godly life. But as we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we now have said, I will now follow your path. Every decision I come to, I desire that you would be the filter in my life to help me make the right choice. You know, there's nothing wrong. They say men don't like to ask for directions. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I've been lost for years. I <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a man and don't want to ask directions you're wrong ask God for direction ask the Holy Spirit to guide you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you if you want to be a successful man in Christ a successful man for your family a successful man or woman in your lives ask Christ to give you direction don't be prideful don't be, think you're weak if you ask Christ. I tell you what, that's more strength. If I say it's weak because I wear glasses, then I'm pretty stupid because I keep tripping and falling on stuff all the time. Maybe if I say I need glasses and I choose to wear them every day, I don't have to stumble so much. It's the same in our own personal lives. Will we let him guide us when we come to the wise in the road? You cannot be neutral. Now, I was looking at this and I'm thinking back when mom had old wash tubs. Remember the two wash tubs and it had one faucet and so it had that rubber thing that looked like just like that. It had a hot for the hot and for the cold and then it came out however cold you wanted it or however hot you wanted it. We used to play with that all the time. Brad would come downstairs and I would put my finger over the end, spray him. Mom would come down and say, who's been messing with my stuff? We'd used to run things through that roller. Remember the roller on that washing machine? Oh man, oh, it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. It was not good. The Bible says that no one can serve two masters. Now, if we can't serve two masters, we have to make a choice or decision which one we're going to. And if we make a choice not to make that decision, you made the choice. There's no neutral ground. Well, I'm on the fence on this thing. I'm on the fence. Well, he owns the, Satan owns the fence, all right? The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But if I don't have Christ in me, then greater that he in the world is greater than me. In other words, if I don't have the Holy Spirit and his strength in me, then Satan's stronger than I am and I'm gonna succumb to all that he has for me because I'm not greater than his power unless I have the Holy Spirit and seek that strength that comes from God and God alone. You will make the wrong choices over and over and over again. And even as Christians, we make the wrong choices over and over again. But we have that redemption. We have that ability to come and repent and be turned around and get back on the right road. I talked about the lukewarmness of it. Revelations 3, 15 and 16 talks about that. He says, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. <laughs> How many of you like lukewarm coffee? Oh, can I have some lukewarm coffee, ma'am? Thank you, thank you. Lukewarm pop. Leave it in your car for a while in the summer. You know, you go back to get... <sighs> lukewarm food. How many of you accept lukewarm food at the restaurant? You, you take your first bite and you go, this isn't even hot. This isn't even hot. Waitress, 
We don't like lukewarm. Christ doesn't like lukewarm. He wants you to turn on the hot spigot for him so that it pours out of you, not hot and cold, so that you're lukewarm. And if we make choices to live in our own life and choices to live for Christ, we come out with lukewarm water. We do. And nobody likes to swim in a lukewarm pool or take a lukewarm shower. We know that. We sense that. We understand that, don't we? Christ is telling us he does not want us to be lukewarm. He wants us to be hot. And he says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. He's saying, I know the choices you made about this. I know the decisions that you've made in your life, and you're neither hot nor cold. Matthew 22, 37 says, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with what? You guys remember this, right? The sign? All? All your heart, all your soul, and what? Yeah. All. All. Oh, I hate that three-letter word. It's almost a four-letter word in my head because it's all. Oh, man, we talked about that. I'm not going to go into all that, but remember, are we going into it fully-hearted versus half-heart? Are we realizing that he wants us all? We need to give him our all so that we can follow the direction that he wants us to go when we face 35,000 whys a day. 35,000 whys a day. Man, that's a lot of whys. That's a lot of whys. I was in a study one time and somebody said, well, Brian, when you sin and in the midst of sin, you're either for God or against God and at those moments you're against God. And I was appalled. I love God. He said, yeah, but at those moments you can't be with God because God isn't going to be dabbling in sin. So you're either for him, you're with him when you're doing well and following his path, but you know what? He is not gonna go down the wrong path with you. He's gonna wait at the Y and say, please come back. That's why I gave you my son. Please come back. Please come back. So keep that in mind as we begin to work through life, as we leave this building today, that we come to realize that our actions either draw us close to Christ or push us away. Matthew 12, 33 says this. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit's the only fruit I like. I don't eat vegetables or fruits, but I apparently find something to eat, as you can well tell. He's, what he's saying is the choices and decisions you make are going to make you good fruit for me. You're going to be able to bear much in this kingdom. You're going to be able to help other people come to know the Lord. You're going to be able to help people come to, you know, change, change their lives through the power that I have. And I've given you this to desire to go out and to help others just like I've helped you. We've, we've got that good fruit or we make bad choices and we go down the bad road. And guess what? We produce bad fruit that other people come in contact with. Would you eat the fruit of your own life today? Would it be, oh, it's so good. Or would you say, you know what, I think I'll pass. I think I'll pass. And we can ask ourselves that each and every day because each and every day when we get up, we know we're gonna have lots of whys to face, lots of choices, lots of decisions. What are we going to do about it? Luke 6, 46 to 49. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, that's a choice, that's a decision, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. My friends, that's another choice and decision. Will you let Christ be the foundation of your life? 
Will everything that you do from each and every day build off of that strong foundation? That's what he's saying. And when the flood arose, the steam beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing, that's a choice, my friends, that's a decision, is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. He's saying, you get to choose. Will you choose to build your life on me, on my Bible, on my words, on my promises, on my care for you, on my love for you? Will you build your life on that or will you build it on what the world has to offer? Man, that's a tough choice these days because the world has some pretty enticing things out there. Getting more enticing all the time. I used to have to go to the newsstand. Remember that little newsstand over by Bunnell's? Had candy there and stuff. Well, I went from candy to buying a Playboy, my first one there, and she looked at me and said, you do not want to buy that book. I said, I'm 18, I can, and I did. We grow up and we realize that we're making choices and decisions that as we make them as babes, those 3,000 turn into 35,000, and a lot of those aren't very good ones unless we have Christ in our life, and then he says, I will give you the ability to know what choices and decisions to make. I will speak into your life. I will be that still small voice in your life. Will we listen to it? That's the struggle, isn't it? That's the struggle. Romans 8, 6 and 8 says this. It doesn't really say that, but for to be carnally minded is death. Is that one of my feelings? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Enmity is a bad, bad word. We don't want enmity with God. It's, it's, it's an enemy. It's hostile. It's opposing God. And if we're honest with ourselves, there's things that we choose to do or things that we participate in from day to day, here, there, wherever. We hit that Y, we take the wrong road, that we're enmity with God at those moments. We're not lost. He doesn't say, done, I'm done with you but he waits to say, will you ask forgiveness? Will you change your path? Will you change your ways and come back to me so that you are no longer enmity, but you are my children? You are my children. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. How much darkness can he have in him? Hmm. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. These are tough truths. I don't think any pastor likes to get up and say these things because we know some of you are out there making the choice or decision to tune me out right now because it's no fun to hear these tough truths because for a lot of us, it's like you gotta change an area of your life. You gotta surrender some stuff. You gotta deny some stuff. You gotta say, I gotta clean house. I gotta get rid of some things. So we come to realize that it's hard. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. As we were singing these songs, the worship team does an awesome job. I'm thinking, because of the sermon, I'm thinking there's a choice. There's a choice to praise him. There's a choice to exalt him. There's a decision we gotta make there over and over. And we sing the songs. Somebody was saying, we're the only people that sing lies. Because we say we will do this, we'll give you all of us, we'll, we'll follow, we praise you all the time. But we need to do that through our actions, my friend. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 
Come to me. Draw into me. Let us have fellowship together. But did you catch that last line? Did you catch the last line? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We have that gifting because God himself chose to give us his son. And his son in the garden on that difficult night chose to walk to that cross. So when we listen today and you're saying, man, this is hard teaching and you know what, this thing, a whole thing about making choices and I know I'm making wrong choices, know that you have hope, my friends, because God gave us his son. He chose to love us enough, the Bible says that he gave us his son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I wanna make a point though. My Bible in John 3.16 says, uh, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Some of your translations, I looked up, there's about 20 some out of 100 say will not. So if you have a Bible that says that you will not perish and have everlasting life, hang on to that Bible. But mine says should not. And I believe it's more should not because, because we believe in Christ doesn't mean that we are gonna be saved because guess what? Satan believes in Christ. He believes in Christ, but where is he going? So we can believe in Christ that says should not perish. If you go to a mechanic and you say, did you get it fixed? He said, yep, I got it fixed. It should not give you any more trouble. Oh, so it will never give me trouble? I won't say never, but it should not. So I'm gonna challenge you on that because if we believe in Jesus Christ, then we should be coming to the wise in these roads and saying, you know what? I have to surrender myself and I've got to give it over to God. And guess what? I'm gonna take the road that he has for me. So I should not perish. I believe in Christ, Satan believes in Christ. But if I will live what I believe in Christ, then I can make the right choices and right decisions. And I'll guarantee you, your lives will be full of more joy, more peace, more happiness. The fruits of the Spirit will come out of you. I will be full of fruit, even though it's not my favorite. His fruit only, his fruit only. Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore no now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, you heard that, now no condemnation, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There's a decision, isn't there? There's a choice. Will we walk in the flesh? Will we live in the flesh? Will we come to church in the flesh? Will we leave here and go back into the flesh for the week? Or will we make a transformation in our hearts and in our minds to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to have him as my Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve, it says. Choose this day. Guess what? That's every day. Every day we have to choose to make him Lord of our lives versus us being Lord of our lives. Isaiah 30, 21, again. Your ear shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So there we go. Every one of us can receive the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus Christ. We will receive him and he will be our guide if we will listen. If we'll listen. If we'll put our wants, needs, desires in the back seat and say, you know what, Christ, I don't like, there's a, I have a bumper sticker that says, you know, make, make Christ your co-pilot. Really? I have the king of king and lord of lords and he's gonna sit there and let me drive? You get in the driver's seat. I will ride with you, please. Because he's gonna do a lot better than I will. And so we come to realize that if we will listen to that voice, he will guide us. 
Man, if you're caught up in sin, if you're struggling in life, if you, you know, have carried burdens all your lives, you've got offenses against people all your lives, you're choosing every day to hang on to that offense. Do you realize that? We're choosing every day to hold on to that chain. And guess what? If you follow that chain long enough, it comes back around and goes around our neck because we're the ones still imprisoned in that offense. They're the person's moved on. Maybe they got saved and they're doing fantastic. Maybe they're preaching. Who knows? But we hang on to the offenses. We can't do that. Make the choice to be free in Christ. Make the choice to make him Lord of your lives. Choose this day. Get up every morning and choose him every day and then strive to live as best you can according to what he wants you to do. When you face the why in the road, say, Lord, be my filter. All this information is coming in my head. I want you to filter out and only give me what I need to hear to walk with you. That's kind of where it's at. If we could follow this, my friends, if we could live closer to Christ, making better decisions and choices in our life, if we've just become aware of how many we make every day uh, related to him and how we act in this world, we can have more victory in our lives. There'd be a lot more smiles on the faces of the sheep that sit in this church or any church. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, choices and decisions boy it's a battleground Lord if we aren't walking very close with you if we aren't taking you very seriously if you're really not Lord of our lives but you're part of our life then Lord we oftentimes make decisions based on our desire our flesh and Lord our flesh is not what you want us to be in and so Heavenly Father I just pray right now that you would help us and guide us to be walking in your spirit walking in your plans walking in your provision Uh, Tim talked about that he has plans for us. We would take and say, Lord, I want to walk only in your plans. So I won't have anyone raise hands today, but if there's anyone out here that is caught up in that, that this sermon has rocked you to the core today to say, you know what? Yes, I know. I've been needing to work on that. Don't raise your hand, but Heavenly Father, you know who they are. Holy Spirit, that you would anoint them and equip them more than ever to change their ways, to to surrender it to you. And Lord, I ask that you be our pilot, that you guide us on this road, that you would lead us to every why that we come in contact with, Lord, that you would speak into our lives. And Lord, I pray that we'd have a hunger to listen more, to allow you to lead us, allow you to guide us and direct us. Lord, I thank you for this body that sits here today. I thank you for the reminder, Lord, of all the things that come into our lives that can cause us to speak life into our life and life into our spiritual life with you or death. So Heavenly Father, bless the young, bless the old. Guide us and direct us, Lord, as we move forward. We have this room right next door that will be filled eventually, Lord, with more people coming to know you and more people walking with you. You're creating an army, Lord. Help us to decide to be part of your army that goes out to help others to get saved, to be rescued from the darkness, rescued from the wrong decision, rescued from the wrong choices. Lord, we ask all this in your precious holy name. Everybody says, amen, amen. God bless, have a fantastic day.